Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello and hello and happy Friday. This is Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. On Channel Q, catching you up on the news of the day, pop culture, our crazy lives, so much more with fun music in between on Channel Q. Yeah, it's day 734 and I still don't have a phone. <laughs> what happened? I thought you got it back. Um, uh, so I go to the T-Mobile store. Oh, here it goes. And um, I, we're not sponsored by them. And at this point, who knows if I want to be. Um, but no. So I went to the T-Mobile store. Closed. The doors are locked. There's a UPS sticker. They miss packages, clearly. I did not know they were closed. They were taking a little break, a lunch break or something? There were like seven people outside being like, we've been here since 10 a.m. They're closed. I didn't know a business just didn't open like that. So there was, some, there was nothing on their website. I called other stores, and the other stores were being like, yeah, we've been getting all these calls, and the, the store's closed. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do at this point? And, um... Well, now I'm worried. I'm kind of like... Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what happened. Like, did that person leading that store, did something happen to them? I Is it no like a murder clue. mystery or but something? But do they not know that I am over here dying without a phone? Do they it's not quite know? quite selfish of them, actually. Who they're dealing with? That's what I'm saying. I'm about to call President Obama in this place. S- start a change.org petition, actually, obviously. I might. I really might raise some funds for all my heartbrokenness of like not having a phone. You know what the thing about that, the, the truth about it is those stores are owned independently. And so, like, ra- people just start their own T-Mobile like, store. So, you- <laughs> oh, I think there's more of a process. Of yeah, just- I mean, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm waking up being like, I think I'm going to own a T-Mobile <laughs> I'm store. I'm going to write on a, a, like a cardboard T-Mobile <laughs> store. It's like Subway uh, stores, you know. Oh, God, it's hilarious. I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully one day I'll be able to have a phone again. The universe does not want you to have a phone, obviously. I don't know why. It's quite. A, it's kind of rude. Ask those questions to yourself while you're alone without a phone. No. What do you I, get to learn in this situation, Ryan? Well, to be honest, I'm just happy I'm not like Rudy Giuliani and having all my electronics, you know, compromised by the FBI. Well, we'll be talking more about that with Politico in 15 minutes. But uh, also coming up on the show, we have a pediatrician who treats trans youth and who might be arrested now in Alabama because of anti-trans laws. They're joining us at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. It took a while to get them on the show. We're so happy to have them on. But let's get into some what's trending this hour. In a Today exclusive with Craig Melvin, President Biden discussed racism in America, among other issues. No, I don't think the American people are racist. 
But I think after 400 years, African Americans have been left in a position where they are so far behind the eight ball in terms of education, health, in terms of opportunity. I don't think America's racist. Okay, yeah, we heard the, that. We, we the heard overhang it. from all... Oh, I thought he was saying the same thing over and over so again. Rude. He wasn't have, done. Have, you interrupted our president. It's, at this point, it's over and done with. Sorry, Mr. President. So this is interesting that the administration is very is staying very um, focused on this narrative. I don't care. Moving on to the um, the address that he also made the speech this week. Most viewers who turned uh, tuned in to watch President Biden's speech liked what they heard and came away feeling optimistic about America. And that's according to a CBS News national poll. Speech viewers describe the president as presidential, caring, inspiring, and bold. Uh, and according to this poll, also 34% of Americans nationwide identified as Democrats. Among those who watched uh, that speech, that figure is 54%, helping boost approval of the address. At least they came up with another word besides powerful, Sheer. Take notes. Bold. <laughs> <laughs> that was what's trending this hour. Yours, that is mean. It's true. I haven't it's even true. said powerful this you say it so all far. The I haven't time. said it yet. Okay, what's happening in the tier report. Okay, so remember Joe Rogan's stupid COVID-19 vaccine advice to young people? Well, now he's, I guess, clarifying, not really apologizing. Um, It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Let's go down memory lane. Here's what he initially said. Say to me, should I get vaccinated? I I go, no. Are you healthy? Are you a healthy person? Like, look, don't do anything stupid, but you should take care of yourself. You should... If you're if you're a healthy person and you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, like I don't think you need to worry about this. Don't do anything stupid like listen to Joe Rogan. Oh, I hate that guy. Well, um, now he's clarifying what he really meant to say. Here is that. I said I believe they're safe and I encourage many people to take them. My parents were vaccinated. I just said, I don't think that if you're a young, healthy person that you need it. Their argument was you need it for other people. So you don't transmit the virus. That makes more sense. I'm not a doctor. I'm a f***ing moron. And I'm a cage-fighting commentator who's a dirty stand-up comedian who just told you I'm drunk most of the time. (laughs) And I do testosterone and I smoke a lot of weed. But I'm not... A respected source of information, even for me. It was all bull. <laughs> I mean, honestly. but yet he wants folks to listen to him. Like, get it straight. You feel like you're obviously because you have a whole show and you're making millions of dollars. But yet you're like, don't listen to me. But yet think about what I'm saying. But yet I'm not the person you're supposed to listen to. Get it straight. He's annoying. He's honestly annoying. I'm not going to go any further in talking about how much of an annoying a-hole he is. But that's your team report. I got more coming up next hour. Stick around. Okay, coming up, Rudy Giuliani speaks out in his first interview since the FBI raid. And Politico is here to give us the scoop next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Rudy Giuliani spoke to Tucker Carlson on Fox News to share his version of events after the FBI raided his home on Wednesday. Here's that. The agents seemed somewhat apologetic, I might say. They were very, very professional and very gentlemanly. The only time they got perturbed is at the end of the surge when they had taken about, I'd say, seven or eight electronic items of mine, which is what they took. 
and, and two of someone else's, I, uh, th they weren't taking the three hard drives, which of course are electronic devices. They just mimic the, the computer. I said, well, don't you want these? And they said, what are they? I said, those are Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they said, no, 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 no. I said, are you sure you don't want them? I mean, the, the warrant required them to take it. And they said, no, no. Of course, again, Hunter Biden, always part of this. Giuliani, who was a personal attorney for former President Trump, had, as he mentioned, his electronic devices seized as part of this federal investigation into his business dealings with Ukraine. And joining us right now is Josh Gerstein, senior legal affairs contributor at Politico. Uh, thanks, Josh, for being here for this. Hey, guys, good to be with you. So what do you think about this latest drama involving Giuliani? Well, it certainly indicates that he remains in some trouble. You know, uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get the Justice Department or a judge to approve a search of a lawyer. Um, lawyers' communications with their clients are generally treated as, as sacrosanct, and so there has to be pretty strong evidence that somebody broke, was breaking the law. And uh, so it, it does suggest that prosecutors believe they have a pretty strong case um, I'm just not 100% clear they, they believe it's a strong case against Giuliani, but it certainly looks that way if, uh, if they went through the hoops to try to uh, get this search warrant to take his uh, devices away from him um, the other morning. And I'm assuming he knew that this was going to happen. Like, has the FBI been warning him that he's involved in this entire thing? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, we knew a year and a half ago that they were looking into things he was involved in. And a couple of his associates were actually indicted in the summer of 2019. It got a fair amount of attention to, um, I guess, their naturalized Americans from Eastern Europe that had worked with him on this caper related to uh, Ukraine were indicted on some campaign finance and fraud charges, but Giuliani was not charged. But we knew around that time that questions were being asked about his dealings with these two men. There was also a line in that indictment that said that one of the goals of making these illegal campaign contributions was to try to get the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine at the time, a woman named Marie Yovanovitch, removed from her position. And you may remember this was a bit of an obsession of uh, Mayor Giuliani, uh, as well as some other people close to Trump, uh, that if they could get her out of uh, Ukraine, the dirt was going to come flowing forward from Ukrainians uh, on uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And uh, and so just the fact they mentioned that in the indictment made people think, gee, maybe this is starting to get close to Giuliani. But then the trail seemed to go cold. Um, I've spoken to his lawyer a couple of times over the last year, Giuliani's lawyer, and he sort of suggested he had no reason to think that this was still being investigated with any urgency. And what about Hunter's name continuing to come up? Like, I don't even know who to believe and if, you know, believing Giuliani, but the fact that FBI didn't take this stuff from Hunter or that he has just Hunter Biden's uh, hard drive hanging out in his apartment. Well, I don't know if it's the original drive or copies or if this is the actual one that was supposedly found at a, um, you know, computer repair store or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what it has to do with whatever is being alleged against Giuliani. I mean, look, usually when there's a search warrant, they're going and looking for certain things. 
Um, it may well be that they were looking for certain types of electronic devices or maybe even specific devices. Remember, before they carry out a search warrant like this, they would have already gone and pulled Giuliani's um, online information. And in fact, in that interview, I think he made a reference to the fact that they had obtained his iCloud um, access to his iCloud account already. So if they were looking for specific devices, then the FBI wouldn't have taken those hard drives just for that reason. So uh, it seems like, frankly, a weird way to try to inject another matter into this issue. And I'm not at all sure, um, you know, beyond it being a, a talking point for sort of right wing media what the relevance is it, of it is to this investigation. Totally. Well, thank you for helping us understand all of this. That was Josh Gerstein, Senior Legal Affairs Contributor at Politico. Have a great Friday. Okay, Sarah. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, uh, another Republican is in hot water. A bombshell letter that continues to reveal Representative Matt Gates's sexual involvement with minors. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've got updates on the Matt Gates story, drama, controversy. A confession letter written by Joel Greenberg in the final months of the Trump presidency claims that he and close associate Representative Matt Gates paid for sex with multiple women, as well as a girl who was 17 at the time. Greenberg also was going to pay Roger Stone to get Trump to pardon him. This, among many other things in this letter that Daily Beast rep- uh, reported and disclosed, national security reporter Matt Zapatowski joins us from The Washington Post. Thanks for being here for this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so this is the first we're hearing about this letter. How big of a deal is this? I think it's a really interesting letter in terms of its impact on a potential case against Matt Gates. I'd have to say it's kind of mixed. On one hand, this is further confirmation that Mr. Greenberg has some pretty serious allegations to level against Mr. Gates. But on the other hand, this raises pretty significant questions about Mr. Greenberg's credibility. He seems to have gone on this sort of desperate quest to get himself out of trouble, maybe with a pardon, maybe by dangling the prospect of of the congressman being in trouble. And that does not make him an ideal witness. Another thing he says in this letter, which is sort of interesting, but uh, clearly prosecutors did not come to believe it in his case, is Greenberg claims he didn't knowingly, um, you know, have sex with a 17-year-old, that he believed her to be of age and, and cut things off when he found that out. Uh, again, it seems prosecutors don't believe that he's charged with sex trafficking of minor, but that could be complicating for prosecutors who are trying to build a case against Gates, because now you have this contemporaneous document of a witness saying, well, Gates didn't know that she was 17, but a really, really interesting letter and an interesting piece of reporting by the Beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, for it was it felt like I was like reading a, like a drama television series. And I'm just like, what is going on here? But explain Roger Stone's involvement in this, because I feel like he's always finding himself into some nonsense. Yeah. And I'll say up front, you know, we've reached out to Roger Stone and, and he has sort of said, hey, some of these messages are out of context or out of order. And he vaguely disputes the premise. But as the as the Daily Beast reports, um, 
Joel Greenberg seeking a pardon reaches out to Roger Stone and kind of dangles the prospect of paying Roger Stone for help getting a pardon. $250,000 in Bitcoin is what one of the text yeah. messages says, according to the Daily Beast. And at first, Stone seems sort of noncommittal. He just says, I understand everything. I take it into consideration. But then later on, he, he sort of indicates, hey, I hope you're prepared to give me this money because I'm feeling good about your pardon chances. Of course, Greenberg is not pardoned. Nothing ever comes to pass. And, you know, Greenberg claim, or I'm sorry, Stone claims now, well, I never actually helped him and no money ever changed hands. But that's Roger Stone's role here. It seems like Joel Greenberg was trying to pay him for help getting a pardon. Yeah. And federal prosecutors have criminally charged Gates so will something happen at any point or this is this just going to continue to be gossip? <laughs> they have not. Um, the next big shoe to drop in the case, I think, is what happens with Mr. Greenberg. So we know that he is in plea discussions with prosecutors and there's sort of a May 15th deadline to come to a resolution one way or the other. Maybe that's he pleads guilty. Maybe that's he continues to fight and goes to trial. We also know he's been cooperating with prosecutors. My sense is that investigators want to see where he stands before they do anything with Gates. He could potentially be a pivotal witness against Gates, but you'd want to know that he's going to plead guilty and testify if ever ever comes to that. So the investigators Investigation into Gates is very much ongoing. He denies having had sex with a 17-year-old. He denies very strongly the allegations against him. It has been some time that this investigation has gone on without charges, and certainly an investigation is just that, an investigation. We don't know exactly where it's trending. The next thing I think we're looking for is what happened to Mr. Greenberg, and that might give us a clue as to what will happen ultimately with Mr. Gates. Yeah, it just seems like there's so much scandal happening in the Republican Party right now, from Giuliani to now Matt Gates, of course. How are Republicans responding to everything going on? With respect to Gates, Republicans have been fairly guarded, I would say. You know, they certainly haven't run him out of the party. They haven't stripped him of committee assignments. He's still out there. I mean, he, he spoke at a, at a an event for women soon after the news emerged of, of about this, wow. these charges. He has an event next week. It certainly hasn't slowed down him in terms of his legislative activity, and, and Republicans aren't exactly riding him out, but nor are a, a uh, the great majority of them coming to defend him. They're sort of taking a, a wait-and-see approach to what happens. And will this influence his, uh, uh, like, uh, being elected again, you know, in terms of the public perception? It, you know, it certainly could. I think if he were charged, that would be the thing that would have the biggest impact. If he were charged, I think you might see a shift among Republicans, and maybe there would be some move to get him out of the legislature. But we'll see. He's not charged now. He denies the allegations. And it wouldn't totally stun me just given how sort of guarded Republicans have been so far if they said, well, he's charged, but he hasn't been convicted yet. So we'll continue to take yep. a wait and see approach. Exactly. Well, thank you for breaking this all down. We appreciate it. Thank you. That was National Security Reporter Matt Zapatowski for The Washington Post. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, 
Very excited to have this pediatrician joining us who treats trans youth and could be arrested in Alabama soon because they're anti-trans laws. Wow. Yeah, she joins us in 30 minutes. Uh, Plus, why you might not want to rage quit, even though you feel like it. We're here to help. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. MSNBC's Stephanie Rule uh, dragged Governor Jim Justice in regard to the new anti-trans athlete bill he signed this week. This back and forth is amazing, and I, I applaud her for doing this. Why would you take your time to do this? Let's talk about other things that I can give you examples of in your state. According to U.S. News and World Report, West Virginia ranks 45th in education, 47th in healthcare, 48th on the economy, and 50th in infrastructure. If you cannot name one single example for me of a child doing this, why would you make this a priority? I just named four things that would seem to me like a much bigger priority. Well, Stephanie, I didn't make it a priority. It wasn't my bill. You signed it. I mean, it's just it's, it's just come to me, and I have absolutely signed it because I believe, from the standpoint of a coach, I believe that girls work so hard to obtain Title IX, and I do not have any idea now why we are trying to disadvantage them in participating in the sport that they put so much into. And and then also she asked, well, can you name one trans person that you that is implicated in this or do you know one? And he goes, no. They never can. I just, this was the moment that just shows how horrible and wrong this all is and how much of a hypocrite these governors are. No, well, it, it, I didn't make the decision. You signed the bill, governor. You actually have the right to veto it. So you did indeed make the decision. And there are other things that are far more important that you should be focusing on as your state continues to go lower and lower on the totem pole of America. Now, uh, very tragically, 45 ultra-Orthodox Jews were killed, many of them students, and another 150 injured during a holiday celebration in northern Israel that had attracted more than 100,000 people to the largest event since Israel began easing its coronavirus restrictions this spring. This just happened. It's being described um, as a stampede. Really sad. So we just wanted to uh, bring that up today on What's Trending this hour. But those were the stories for you to know and we'll be bringing you more the next hour here on let's go there but what's happening in entertainment news ryan okay so the final post premiere party went out with the bang and i need y'all to listen up it's time for the tea report those pop culture stories trending right now so janet mock an executive producer and director of the fx drama pose left co-stars network bosses and reporters stunned at uh, last night's premiere party um, by her shocking speech. During her 15-minute-long speech, she complained about how much the network is paying her, demanded better treatment for the trans community, shouted F Hollywood, revealed that she slept with someone in the show's crew. She also put her boyfriend on spot and asked her boyfriend not to leave her over the infidelity. She also decried the writing and the quality of the writing on the show and had a very brief conversation with the co-creator and Hollywood mogul Ryan Murphy from the stage. So she revealed that she was only making about $40,000 per episode and demanded more money for herself and the other actors on the show. 
an insider who was uh, who has worked with Mock basically told Page Six that she seemed a little bit emotionally unhinged and suggested her revelation about her relationship may have been the cause. Uh, uh, the person said she seemed almost immediately remorseful at what she aired publicly. This and is I, crazy. It's, it's an insane story. I'm telling you, there's so much more. Um, I would head over to our website, wearechannelq.com, to read the entire thing because she literally went into a mode and a moment where one of her the cast members asked what the hell is happening you that's the only thing you heard in the crowd is a gasp and said what the hell is happening it's almost right like now? an episode of the show like it could have been a yeah, meaning like yeah. that it's a drama it of it feels all. like fake yeah. it's an i mean it's really intense um you know, I know a lot of, we know a lot of the cast and I know people who are close with uh, Janet and they're saying like, this is not, you know, her at all. But mm. I honestly am so appreciative that she had the courage enough to speak out in this way, especially calling out Hollywood in the way that she's doing it. Um, so yeah, just cover her, read more about the story. It is insane. I mean, Pose is going to be good this season. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's your tea report. I got more coming up next hour. Uh, well, rage quitting is a thing, but a psychologist and coach is going to help us navigate how to productively channel our anger. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We see it on TV and the movies, rage quitting. It looks heroic, dramatic, a story you can share on social media after the fact, but it might not be the best use of your energy. Joining us right now is Dr. Cicely Brathway, a psychologist and executive coach. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Yes. Yeah, so if someone is thinking about rage quitting, what should they consider? Uh, first <laughs> of all, I think that if someone's experiencing rage quitting fantasies, it's time to take a moment, breathe, and begin to think about what about the situation is within their control, what's outside of their control. Focus on the things that are within their control, like one, taking good care of themselves to help them to feel better, planning what their next steps would be if they need to get out of the environment, and then putting in action that plan. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like something that no one is doing if they're in rage. Like, actually critically thinking, like, what my plan should be, right? So how do you mm -hmm. kind of calm yourself down to even get to that yeah. moment of, like, clear thinking? Yeah, Ryan, that's such a great point. First of all, often when we have rage-quitting fantasies, it doesn't just happen one time. You know, I think that it's a slow build. So initially, I think it is helpful to start to notice and to check in whether or not you're feeling satisfied in your work. So that's the first step so that you don't get to that point. But secondly, I do think it's great to have a set of strategies that help you to really feel into your emotion, be present to it uh, without necessarily trying to calm it or stop it. But even if you take some time to breathe and just be present to the sensations in your body, that can help us to regulate ourselves so that we can then get to the, the planning part or even reaching out to text or call a friend or someone that is close to us to have a conversation. Yeah. And I guess at what point is it time to take action and how can you take action in a productive way? Yeah, certainly. I mean, first of all, if someone is in a work environment that is toxic, particularly if it is abusive, that's not something that one should take, right? 
And so in those cases, you might need to make a very quick exit plan. Or if there's a safety issue, you might just have to leave. So that's the, that's the first part. I think that it is helpful to gain feedback from people who have traveled this road before in terms of their career, who can either say to you, this is how I transitioned from one career to a next, one job to a next, and have an opportunity to get feedback from those people in your life who can be in a, a space of cool mind while you're in the hot mind phase of wanting to get out of that place. Have conversations with people in your life. Let them know you're looking for a new employment. Ask them for ideas of people that you can talk with. Networking is always important. So I really, especially when we need to make a quick exit, I think it's important to make a plan then. Do you think uh, the pandemic caused people to want to rage quit more? Oh, yeah. I mean, stress is at an all-time high. <laughs> I think I think that that... Um, and it has not, for many of us, um, lessened. And so particularly when we're experiencing stress outside of work, the stressors that we might have managed um, more effectively during previous times become even greater. And so I think that stressful circumstances really um, lead us to fantasize about how we get out of them And also, we know that when our stress is up, things that might have been smaller before become bigger um, in our minds and in our experiences, especially if we're dealing with other people who are also stressed. Definitely. How much does social media play into this? Because I think we see videos that go viral of people doing this, and then it plays into also people wanting to live that out and thinking it it becomes a bit normalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think, first of all... um, Things that are dramatic in terms of um, the level in- of intensity um, or if they are they go viral and are shared are things that certainly call our attention and we pay pay then more attention to those things and it can seem like something we might want to to do um, and I think it's become more acceptable when people are in circumstances that are not great that they are unjust that people might take to social media to share the injustice that's in an organization, a company that doesn't match its stated values. So I do think that it might um, lower some of our um, resistance to doing such things or make it seem more acceptable, but also recognize that most times those are fantasies that people have about rage quitting. It doesn't necessarily mean that they actually follow through with it, but it can be relieving to imagine I could get out of this place and I can let folks know what I really think. Totally. That's why journaling helps. And then just dancing yeah. around or punching something. Like like a lot of people get into uh, kickboxing or something. Well, my thing is there has to just be accountability for why you're feeling the rage in the first place. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. if you're in an environment that is like putting you in that space, it's just, it doesn't, I think that environment needs to be held accountable for creating that that atmosphere. Yeah. And I think, I would say that I think that everyone has their own approach to that, right? For some people, what feels important is that accountability happen. For other people, what they feel is that they want to exit and get to a new environment. So I always think that it's important to check in with ourselves about what it is that we need and also have a real plan um, because accountability comes with consequences. It doesn't mean that one shouldn't hold others accountable, but have a plan for what you will do with the 
um, the outcome of that accountability. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your advice. We appreciate having you on today. It's such a pleasure. Thanks so much, and have a great day. You too. That was Dr. Cecily Brathwaite, psychologist and executive coach. Coming up on the show, a pediatrician who treats trans youth and might be arrested soon because of anti-trans laws joins us next. Stick around for that conversation. A record-breaking 115 bills have been proposed in 31 states, all of them seeking to criminalize gender-affirming health care or limit sports participation of transgender youth. It also means that doctors who treat these patients could also become felons. Dr. Marissa Ladinsky joins us right now, a pediatrician who is uh, training in, in a provision of affirming care to LGBTQ-identified youth and their families in the Deep South, who is one of these doctors whose job is at risk because of these anti-trans laws. Dr. Ladinsky, thanks for being here. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, well, you are so you know nice, and the, even like your energy and what you're doing is incredible, and yet you might be arrested. Is that right? Uh, if this bill were to become reality and go on to become, you know, enforced into law, that is correct. I would have to make an incredibly difficult decision between violating the ethics of my profession. I have so many patients whose lives are being transformed and they're doing wonderfully with some of the gender-affirming standard of care medicine that really kind of makes families whole, whether youth are receiving puberty blockers, hormone medication under great supervision. That would become grounds for a, an arrest for a Class C felony in the state of Alabama. What a choice. Yeah, it's it's an awful decision that is is being made at these points to just really attack trans children. Um, and to be quite honest, the work that you do is so incredible because, let's be honest here, you're like the, a fairy godmother in some ways. You're really making children who are dealing with these issues and these moments like feel so comfortable in themselves. And if you can recall a patient, if you're allowed to, to you know, Hear them hearing this news and y'all talking about it because I'm I'm pretty sure y'all are having you're having these difficult conversations with them about these things. Well, I think every you know every family that we've seen in the last few months, every clinic visit have has sent you know, the questions always come up. Are these bills? Is this bill real? Is this could this really happen? And you know we've got your back. Um, our trans youth and their amazing families have come so far. And the youth that we see in our comprehensive gender clinic here in Alabama, we've touched the lives of probably 350 youth, none of whom have gone on to suffer suicidal ideation or hurt themselves. They really are on a road to, to health and wholeness. We see youth monthly, if not more commonly, who enter our children's hospital through the emergency room and a suicide attempt. And they are trans, they are non-binary, they're on a gender journey. They never knew these options were here. And if the state of Alabama 
realizes Senate Bill 10 and passes this law, that would be the course that too many youth would see. When you take away hope, you take away health. Mm. Wow. What is the conversation happening amongst medical professionals right now who are doing this work? So we, you know, all of us who are doing this work around the country in about, there are about 55 pediatric academic centers that have comprehensive teams like ours. And all of us are in contact with each other all the time. Um, My colleague in Arkansas has already seen this realized. Um, their Their governor vetoed the bill. The Arkansas legislature overrode his veto. And since that override, five of her patients have shown up in the emergency room with severe self-injurious behavior and suicidal ideation, suicide attempts. Um, So this isn't theoretical. So we're here for her. We talk two, three times a week. Um, Our colleagues in Texas, who are also facing the same concern with their legislature, we're all talking together and saying, you know, here's what we're learning in the process. And we're all being strong for one another. But most importantly, it's not about us. It's about our youth, our kids, those kids who know who they are and those kids who are just finding words for who they are. And, you know, we're not going to back down. Um, This is wrong. And it's straightforward discrimination. These bills are copycat bills. They all sound exactly the same because they're written by special interest groups Mm. who want to use our kids to set political agendas. Um, That's not what we trained to go into medicine for, and that's not what we'll allow to happen. Wow. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all this, and we'll continue fighting that fight with you. I mean, thank you for your work. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Of course. Thanks for helping us amplify their voice. Well, that was Dr. Marissa Ladinsky, who's a pediatrician helping LGBTQ identified youth and their families in the Deep South. Have a great weekend. Hope to have you back. I look forward to it. Thanks again. Thanks for all you're doing. Happy birthday, by the way. You know, a little birdie toe. Yes. Oh, yes. Happy birthday, Taurus. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thanks again. (laughs) Now, (laughs) coming up on the show, the data is out. This is what parents around the world want to name their babies in 2021. And we'll be reviewing those names next. We are back with Dr. Marissa Ladinsky, who's a pediatrician who helps LGBTQ-identified youth and their families in Alabama. And actually, because of these anti-trans bills, she could be put in prison for her work. Uh, And we were talking about the incredible, important work that so many of these uh, doctors are doing and how this gender-affirming health care is being uh, put in at risk right now. But Dr. Ladinsky, what are resources that can support youth and their families during this time? 
So here in Alabama, the Magic City Acceptance Center, magiccityacceptancecenter.org, is a just, you know, they are us, we are them. But this is part, they're part of a statewide coalition. And this is an online as well as brick and mortar drop in wonderful space for all of our LGBTQ kids and their allies. Um, through Magic City, you have the solidarity of youth leaders, psychologists, and social workers who are right front and center with us. Our youth organized a rally and a march in Montgomery, Alabama, and they were really behind the scenes helping and coaching. PFLAG, parents, families of lesbians and gays, but as well as gender diverse PFLAG chapters in cities all over the state are there for all of our parents and loved ones of our youth and really bringing a lot of support as that happens. We have a huge billboard, hashtag protect Alabama's trans kids, flying high over downtown Birmingham, Alabama, which is there to remind anyone and everyone that drives by that your community is there for you. I can send you a picture. Oh my God, please. Yeah, we'll share it on uh, at LGT show on social media. We'd love you that. Bet. You bet. Coming at you. Uh, and, yeah. And of course, this isn't just happening in Alabama. You mentioned Arkansas Mm-mm. too. Uh, are there resources for folks in Arkansas as well? Well, I'm, they must have, you know, they're comparable. I know they have a support and drop-in center in, in Little Rock. Um, I'm, they've got PFLAG chapters around the state, too. And then if people need to or want to zoom out, you've always got Trevor um, as far as drop-ins and discussions. But, you know, our, our, our youth need to know you're valid, you're loved, you're beautiful. We see you, we hear you, and we've got your back. Okay, amazing. We're so happy we got you back for those important resources. (laughs) That was Dr. Marissa Ledinsky. Have a great weekend, birthday weekend. (laughs) I will. You too. Thanks again. Thank you. Coming up on the show. Yeah, you too. We've got What's Trending this hour. One juror in the Derek Chauvin case has spoken out what he had to share next. Coming up this hour, the big porn debate. Why some people are saying listening is better than watching. That's in 15 minutes. You know, Friday debates. We like these ones. I mean, I'm into it. Yeah. And this celebrity sharing the downside of being sexiest man alive. Is there really a downside? Come on. That's in the T report. But first, let's get into so much trending this hour. The first juror to speak out about convicting Derek Chauvin of murdering George Floyd uh, actually spoke to the Wall Street Journal. Brandon Mitchell, a basketball coach, shared how watching Floyd die over and over in the video was the trial's most powerful evidence, as well as the prosecution medical expert witness. He also shared it took three and a half hours to reach a consensus on third degree murder. And by the time the jury discussed the second degree charge, he said it only took 20 to 30 minutes. So uh, very brave of this person to come up and share. And he just shares how challenging the whole thing was and even making that decision, how hard it was. But he uh, chose this person's life and the jury chose Floyd's life. Right. Now, a city in uh, council in New Jersey is not recognizing pride this month or the month of June and voted against even flying the pride flag in their town. The council held a private discussion and the council's only out member, when he motioned to the, fly the flag, everyone on the council except the other Democrat voted against it. 
The city's mayor, who has a history of using anti-LGBTQ rhetoric, refused to allow discussion of the topic or say why. Well, we know why, because you're homophobic. Uh, This small borough in Bergen County, New Jersey, is called Hasbrook Heights. Hasbrook Heights. It's the most northeastern county in the state, just minutes away from midtown Manhattan, and is home to 11,000 residents. And because of all of this, if you live there, you know people who live there, I don't know. The Rutherford Pride Alliance uh, from the nearby borough of Rutherford, over 18,000 people, they invited those other folks to their pride because they're having a pride. And they said, all are welcome because they aren't homophobic and they're doing the good good work. (laughs) Uh, So that's happening in New Jersey. Come on, Jersey. You could do better. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right. So do you think earning the title of people's sexiest man alive is a gift or a curse? Well, Michael B. Jordan is giving us some insight. It is time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So he playfully told um, a host, Jimmy Fallon, on The Tonight Show last night that his close pals haven't let him off the hook since he was given the title. Here is the hilarious moment here. I mean, it's it's a gift and a curse, you know? It's uh, People don't tell you that you instantly have a target on your back. I mean, all my boys, you know, in every group <laughs> chat, just imagine, just, they're just constantly roasting me. Um, and uh, it's like everything I do is like, oh, it's because the sexiest man alive is taking off his jacket. Oh, look at the way he wears his shirt. He eats like the sexiest man alive. It's like, all right, it's, all right, it's enough, on. it's enough. But on the other hand, my... My mom and my like my aunts, you know, they they uh, they have it kind of vacuum sealed, you know what I mean, and like you know saran wrap, you know, that's yeah. like up on the mantle because they uh, they <laughs> bought every it's, it's issue, really yeah, off the newsstand. Everyone. Uh, I mean, doesn't he just sound I mean, so dreamy? He is kind of the sexiest man alive. <laughs> yeah, mean. he is, and he also is a good boyfriend. Do you see what he did for Valentine's Day? Are they still dating? Um, to be honest, I don't believe in that relationship. I think it's all just a press thing, to be quite honest. He's uh, dating Steve Harvey's daughter. He is, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like that big of a curse. Because who cares if your friends are like, it sounds like they're hating. It sounds like they're jealous of not being, having that title themselves. I mean, it, it's, imagine you were friends with the sexiest person alive. Like, Ryan, imagine I if I got that. named the sexiest woman alive. How would you feel being my friend? So that's your T-Report. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are the sexiest woman alive. Are you kidding me? Uh, thank you. Yeah. I will receive. Even though Beyonce would like a word. Um, but that's your T-Report. Uh, I got more coming up next hour. Don't y'all go anywhere. It reminds me of those when uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs or like birthdays. They would have those um, photo booths and you could put yourself on the cover of things. Have you ever seen that? That's gonna be something I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little prank for for all of you in the studio next week. Maybe I'll, I'll play with Photoshop this weekend. Anyway, coming up on the show, why porn might be better when you listen to it rather than watch it. We've got more on that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, video porn has always been the go-to. Audio porn is on the rise. Stephanie Garlick is back with us, sex and relationships focused, kink affirming therapist who we love, and author of The Leather Couch, clinical practice with kinky clients. Thanks for joining us for this. I am so happy to be here. 
Okay, let's get into it. Why is audio becoming the next big trend in porn? So I think that when people watch video porn, they get caught up in their own heads. They start comparing themselves to the people on the screen. They start, instead of relaxing into the fantasy, picking apart their own flaws. And audio porn removes that from the equation and lets you just focus on the story or um, the sounds itself. Yeah, and I mean, isn't all porn audible, though? Like, you're listening Just to close it? your eyes. Yeah. Or just turn off, or no, just move away from the TV or put something over the screen. So, valid point. But as mobile as we all are now, I would also argue that audio porn is much easier to enjoy when we might not have the privacy to watch something that's visual. Um, I have been on an airplane where the person across the row from me is watching porn, and that is an uncomfortable experience. But if he were listening to something, I would never have known. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't want to judge that person where they're at in life, but whoa, red flag. I, I do wonder... Could this open up a door of more kind of inclusivity when it comes to porn? Absolutely. I think that with audio porn, you get to envision the people in the story however you want them to be. And because of that, it can become more reflective of you, of your body, of your interests, of the things that you wish were represented in video porn. So where can you find said audio porn? Are there new platforms popping up? There are. My favorite is called Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A. And it is curated by people that are really interested in being inclusive, in being women-centric, or at the very least sort of feminist in the way that they present their, their porn. And they have an enormous collection. I tell all of my clients to check out Dipsy. It's probably my favorite resource. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. I am thinking about, and I just brought up inclusivity, but this also kind of uh, alienates a, a large group of people. Like if you're hard of hearing or if you're deaf, you can't enjoy audio porn. So it's just like, I guess, how do you, you I don't know, how do you create spaces for everyone to be able to experience all types of porn in any way? I think that's a great question. I know that there is starting to be, for people with visual impairments, uh, narrated porn. You can you can pull up videos that actually have a voiceover describing what's happening as it's playing out. Oh, wow. So you're right. You know, people with hearing impairments, audio porn might not be the greatest resource for them, but they can access visual porn in a lot of ways that somebody that's... Um, difficult sight might not and then the reverse is true with that narrated porn for those that might have um, good hearing but but poor eyesight yeah and i'm sure they'll do closed captions maybe or like some sort of text file at a certain point maybe that would be smart uh, how do you introduce this type of thing to a partner if it's something new so my favorite way is to introduce this uh, bedtime stories as if maybe you're not necessarily feeling totally in the mood yet, but you know that your partner is and you want to get yourself there, saying, you know, why don't we cuddle in bed and listen to a, a sexy bedtime story together can often serve as a form of foreplay that then bridges that and gets you guys both sort of on the same page sexually. Oh, my God. Actually, I might use that idea myself. Wait, what's the site again? <laughs> Dipsy, D-I-P-S-C-A. Dipsy, D-I-P-S-C-A. No, that's real because, uh, I mean, it's not even a gender thing. I think if you're the type of person, we're all, some folks are like this where 
you're working, you're in your head, you're like nonstop and you need some time to get into, uh, you know, the, the vibe, even though you have a partner that can jump right in very quickly and it could be sometimes a bit of pressure, but you want to be there for your partner and for that experience. Absolutely. And I think the audio porn gives a, a lovely bridge for that. Again, without making people feel anxious the way that some visual media can. Okay, well, uh, this is all very good to know. Stephanie, you always introduce us to the cool, hot new stuff. We appreciate it. We know that you have something new coming up. Your book? Yes, uh, you're writing a new book on uh, Bound Together Counseling, which is a site also now, boundtogethercounseling.com. Tell us more about that. So I am writing a follow-up to my book, The Leather Couch. The follow-up will be due out later this year or early next. Um, and it's very exciting because the Leather Couch just won um, the two, the 2021 Book Award for ASEC, which is the organization yes. that certifies every sex therapist in the country. They just named my book Best Book of the Year for them. I so mean, it's been a, an exciting week. It seems Huge. like an obvious choice, in my opinion. You are kind of the best oh, person. Oh, thank you. Wait, so what, what's the follow-up quickly? Like, just a little tease. So the follow-up is, is called The Leather Chair. And we're still focusing on the mental health of kinksters, but we're looking more at uh, different dynamics like uh, caregivers and littles or ponies and puppies and their handlers and really kind of exploring more of the niche fetishes that I didn't have the space to cover the first time around. Amazing. Well, you are fabulous. We love having you on. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I love you guys, too. Uh, that was Stephanie Gerlich. Again, check out the book, The Leather Couch, Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients. And for more, the site I just mentioned, boundtogethercounseling.com. Coming up on the show, TikTok star and musician Madeline The Person joins us to talk about her colorful and bright new music. She is definitely an artist to watch out for. So stick around for that next. You know one thing I love about having a radio show, Shira? Tell me more. Well, I just love being able to highlight really cool artists who everyone should be watching and just really having their eye out for. And listening to because they have music you listen to. Yeah, but they also have amazing music videos that you watch. That's true. But uh, the <laughs> next person about to join us is actually called Madeline the Person. She is a TikTok star, went viral because she, she's an incredible musician, has a beautiful voice. I'm not lying to you. Just listen here. I don't think it's been too long since I saw your eyes But no one ever told me it would be the last time I write down things I wish I could say So that was I Talk to the Sky by the amazing, beautiful Madeline, the person. Thank you so much for joining us, Queen. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. Hello. I mean, obsessed with you, first of all, just because I just feel like these newer artists come out of nowhere. And I just get so like, where have you been hiding all your talent? <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is a beautiful place. You find like so many freaking cool people. And how quickly did this happen on TikTok? Were you one of those who, like, the pandemic did it? Yeah, I honestly think it was the pandemic because, um, yeah, I posted, like, videos 
that I already put on Instagram, and that didn't really, like, I guess the algorithm didn't like that or something. <laughs> and then the first time I ever made a video in the app, um, it, it went viral, which was really crazy. And then I just just kept happening. It was crazy. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's like what a, a musician dreams about, really. But here's the kicker about her music, though, because... You know, her music, her sound sounds so bright and cheery, but really it has a message to it. There's a song called As a Child, where I want you to talk about that song. We didn't play it here, but I, I advise everyone to go check it out because it really touches on something that personally that you dedicated that song, song to. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, As a Child is kind of like a tribute to my father. He passed away when I was 15. And uh, it's just kind of about how hard it is when you lose someone when you're young. Because um, when you're young, no one tells you what to do. And, and you're just a kid. And you have to carry that. And it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. And, and how has your music helped to process some of those feelings and heal that for you? Or has it? Oh, it definitely has. I think it's my go-to you know, way to express those those kind of emotions. I think, like, in my other expressions, like the way I express myself through, like, fashion and my art and stuff like that, it's more, like, bright colors, fun, happy, exciting. And I think music is my go-to for all of my really hard feelings that I can't really talk about elsewhere, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you have uh, the song that just launched today. Didn't you have a song that just launched today? I talked to the sky. That's the yeah. song that we just played. And then what's coming up? Because I know we have a lot ahead in 2021. Yeah, some exciting things are happening. Uh, there may or may not be a single coming out, you know, for Pride time. Um, so excited about that. And yeah. Yeah, her EP, um, Chapter One, The uh, the Longing. Wow, what a name. <laughs> what do you want new <laughs> listeners of Madeline the Person to know about you? about me oh boy i mean it's a loaded question it's um i'm not sure i think basically i love making music for people who have a lot of feelings and have a real heart and want to talk about things or maybe can't talk about things yet um but it's really just like a safe place for feelings and being exactly who you are even if it's weird or whatever and yeah yeah well we so appreciate you and thank you for being just a, a light light and colorful and fun and really uh proving to everyone that you can follow your dreams and make it happen oh that's so sweet thank you yes uh check out madeline the person on tiktok instagram and of course uh her new music out right now, including uh, Chapter One, The Longing. Um, you have As a Child, I Talk to the Sky, and so much more. Thanks again, Madeline the Person, for being on Let's Go There. Now coming up on the show, the data is out. We talked a bit about this before. We teased the story. We want to talk about what parents around the world want to name their babies in 2021 and review them right here on the show. That's next. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Nameberry, the online resource with over 70,000 names. So it's visited by people all around the globe searching for the perfect baby name. They've now released the top 
baby names from people around the world. Are you ready? I feel like there's, we always do a list like this. Every I know, they're while. fun. I love lists. Do you? Yeah. I, I mean. It's kind of like. There's something, all right. I'm intrigued by what people in different places I, think I hope is they're cool. creative names. So, Australia. Okay, let's do it. Girls' names. Uh, Luna. I actually <gasps> think that's a really pretty I name. just named my plant Luna. Wow. I bought two new plants. You named One's, your plants? One is wow. Luna and one is Stella. Cute. Yeah, the succulent is Stella. Yes, yeah, st- succulents the, do feel like a Stella. And the 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 palm esque one is a um, is Luna. Okay. Yes, you name your plants. You got to take care of them. Your kids. Let's see how they. She's do. already dying. Luna's already okay. dying. She has no chance. Uh, the second girl name is Isla, Isla, which is cute. I actually like Aurora, which is the third. Uh, boy names. Wow, you just skipped. Sorry, Isla's out there. <laughs> or Isla. You never stood a chance. Boy names Arlo. Hugo. I'm going to do the top one, okay? Because I'm going to keep going with the Australian. Let's go to Brazil. <laughs> sure Brazil, loves a list. Brazil also Luna and Arlo. I think only people are only saying Luna because there was a full moon the other day. And Luna, moon. And also, by the way, in Canada, the same thing. Arlo and Luna were top names. What's going on? That's weird. People have taste. I really like the name Luna. China, I think that's though. Be my daughter's name. Um, China. <laughs> probably like ten years, twenty years. Fifteen. There'll be probably many different names. Uh, China is Kalani. That's a top girl name. Kalani. The, yeah. Yeah. And the singer. Boy name Jordy. Well, Jordy's kind of cute. cute. Finland Aurora is a top name. Boy name Atlas. A lot of people. Like are, a map. Yeah, people are naming their kid Atlas. Maybe people are really wanting to travel. Those all sound like adventure names. That's for 2021. Girl names for Paris or France. Ava. I like Ava. Yeah. Ava sounds bratty, though, like she goes to private school. But also, Ava DuVernay, she's an amazing director, so maybe not. Yeah, so that that was basically it. You get it. There's a lot of, by the way, a lot of, uh, yeah, Ava, Aurora, Atlas. Is this your baby announcement to tell me you're pregnant? And now, an exclusive (laughs) right here on Let's Go There. No. But it's good to know. Just saying, it's good to know. Let us know what you think uh, is your favorite baby name of 2021. At LGT Shows. Shira. That's my favorite baby name. Can you imagine a baby named Shira? I can. I was that baby. (laughs) Coming up on the show, over 400 corporations are speaking out and have now called for the passing of the Equality Act. More details next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, a doctor who helps trans youth in Alabama might be facing jail time if an anti-trans bill passes. So she's joining us in 15 minutes. Plus, Jennifer Lopez reuniting with a celeb ex-boyfriend. We've got the news in the T-Report. Always for you, of course. And uh, President Biden has canceled uh, funding at border walls and all these projects that we've been hearing about um, to counter environmental damage from the wall's construction. Uh, Then, of course, President Trump had diverted billions in defense and military construction funds towards building the wall using emergency powers after Congress refused to fully fund the project directly. The Biden administration said today, consistent with the president's proclamation terminating the redirection of funds for border wall, no more money will be diverted from other purposes to building that border wall. 
And today, the Department of Defense will begin canceling all wall projects using the diverted funds. We'll take steps to return remaining unobligated military construction funds to their appropriate purpose as permitted by law. So there you go. No more border wall. We're not talking about that anymore. (laughs) Moving on to bigger and better things. Speaking of which, some of the biggest corporations in the U.S. have joined together in an unprecedented show of support for the LGBTQ plus community as part of the Human Rights Campaign's Business Coalition for the Equality Act. We talked about this earlier this week, but now even more companies are jumping on board. Over 400 corporations, including dozens of Fortune 500 companies like Apple, IBM, Amazon, and PepsiCo, have jointly called for the passage of the Equality Act. If it's signed into law, it would amend existing law to extend protections against discrimination in housing, federal programs, and elsewhere to include sexual orientation and gender identity. So come on, let's pass this once and for all. Hopefully this will make a difference. Still, uh, you know, we need the ho- not just the House, but the Senate to pass this to make it into law. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk about rumored celebrity relationships. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So page six has the internet going wild after photos of Ben Affleck and J-Lo are together again. Um, Apparently, Apparently Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have been spending time together in Los Angeles after her split from Alex Rodriguez. I mean, has she moved on fast? What's going on here? Uh, Ben has been spotted multiple times going to J-Lo's California home during the day. Um, Basically, he's been uh, been being picked up in a white Escalade SUV that allegedly belongs to J-Lo and been taken to her nearby mansion. (laughs) So she's picking him up? From a like a parking lot down the street. <laughs> and then like then so he, yeah, wait, it's like he drives to he, a lot. Literally. This is so weird. Um now while the pair have not been spotted together, um security picks up basically a source told page six that security picks him up at a nearby location, drops him off after spending a few hours at her house. Um, <laughs> this is like a booty call. Now here's the thing that same source revealed that they have always been close friends. So maybe only time will tell. It's just it's really interesting the timing of it all. Um, also in the rumor mill, um, Kim Kardashian and CNN commentator Van Jones are rumored to be dating as well. This is kind of old news, but it keeps coming back around. You know, while the pals have been, you know, friends forever, uh, fans speculate that their friendship may have turned romantic during her four-year law apprenticeship with his Oakland-based nonpartisan organization, A Cut 50. Sources close to Kardashian, however, are shooting down speculation of romances, saying the pair have a long working relationship together and shared uh, interest in a criminal justice reform. My thing is, the streets, when they talk, I always say this, there's some truth to it. There is some truth to when the streets are talking, and I would not be shocked if once the divorce is final, oh yeah, a Kim Kardashian starts <laughs> dating Van Jones, which I is mean, absolutely disgusting. You don't like Van Jones? No. Who likes Van Jones? I like him. So, oh, sorry. I, I don't mean, apologize very, for liking I mean, someone. He's sexy, and is he? I find his he's sexy. And like what? Am I crazy? I know I'm not sexy. the only one. I just love, well, he looks like he is just like, he's strong and he's smart. 
Wow. And I just find, and he this wears a hot, he, he wears a hot um, suit. To, is there like a, oh, all you got to do is wear a suit? I don't know. I just find, and he like cares, he he talks about things that are important. And he, yeah, I, yeah, I've always thought Van Jones is very attractive. Wow. That is really eye-opening news. I didn't, I um, thought you knew that. I, I never knew that you had this secret crush on Van Jones. That is so weird. Oh, yeah. I would totally. He's like uh, so old. He doesn't, I don't think he's that old. Is he? He is, I mean, is him, Kim Kardashian the same age? I don't think I so. I think I'm old. Oh, no, I think Kim Kardashian's 40. Yeah. No, Van Jones is not that old. He's voice 52. That just seems like a I, intense dynamic between those he's two. A lawyer. Van Jones and Kim Kardashian. I don't know. I'm not into it. Either way, um, I mean, if you want to check out mm. any of the T-Report stories that I have covered <laughs> today, head over to WeHeadChannelQ.com. And of course, keep the conversation going at LGT Show Everywhere. Now, before I go, Las Vegas is open for business, and Channel Q is giving you the chance to get down to business. Poolside with Tiesto. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win a trip to Las Vegas, including round-trip airfare for two, and an epic two-night stay at the all-new Resorts World Las Vegas. Plus, guess what? We're going to be throwing in two VIP passes to get you some Vegas sun, and of course, catch Tiesto set at the Resorts World Las Vegas. The party's here. We're actually granting you the party. We're like your fairy godmothers, you're welcome. Head over to WeirdChannelQ.com because all the tea is there, clearly. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Now, we talked about Elliot Page earlier this week. Well, he gets our Yes Queen of the Week. Ooh, I like this. This is new. Yes. Feels fresh. Uh, the actor spoke to Oprah about the joy of transitioning and more. You know, I, I was expressing this to people in my life, you know, uh, uh, you know, much before um, posting that letter and telling people for um, the first time and knowing I have wanted a moment, you know, of course, to, uh, to you know, um, become comfortable in, in myself and, and to be able to kind of get to, to that point and... For me, I think it is in this time we're in right now, and especially with this, you know, horrible black backlash we're seeing towards trans people, particularly trans youth, it, it really felt imperative to do so. Now you can watch the full interview. It actually debuted today on Apple TV Plus, so go check it out. Some weekend viewing. But that does it uh, for our Yaz Queen of the Day of the Week and our show. Yes, Queen. Ooh, oh. I almost choked on that one. Okay, happy you're still alive. We are back Monday, weekdays here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Monday is the start of Mental Health Awareness Month. Well, May 1st is, but we're going to start talking about it on Monday. We're going to be giving you the resources you need. We're also going to be talking about a little bit of a different angle, signs you're done with therapy for now. That's on Monday's show. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for What's Poppin' with DJ Alex D next. Ooh, ooh.